Hello everyone, welcome to Summit Church Fenton, and it is so good to be back. Uh, my wife and I, we took a one-month vacation, and uh, you know, we've been pastoring for 27 years, and we've never really taken many vacations, you know, maybe one week at a time here or there, and uh, I'm not... I'm not a big vacation man. Now, my wife, she likes to go on vacation, uh, you know, annually, and that's a good thing, but I've never been much on vacations. I, I don't know. I like to hang around in Fenton, Missouri, but, uh, but anyway, uh, after 27 years and just a periodic vacation here or there, uh, we just thought that it'd be good to take a whole month off. <laughs> and so we, uh, we got some uh, time of resting and and refreshing and so forth and so on and so but anyway uh after a month off uh i'm back i'm back and so uh, i'll be with you moving forward and uh look forward to teaching you the word of god uh before i went on vacation uh i had told you that uh, i was going to be teaching on the spirit realm the spirit realm and so that's what what uh what we're going to do we're going to uh, pick up here talk about the spirit realm and uh, exciting study, and I'll be on it for several weeks. And, uh, you know, we need to be aware that there is a spirit realm or a spiritual realm. And uh, sad to say, most folks aren't uh, aware of that fact that there's a spiritual realm. And sad to say, a lot of Christians aren't as aware of the spiritual realm as they should be. And uh, many Christians know very little about the spiritual spiritual realm. I've learned that over the last 30 plus years of pastoring. And uh, so uh, what I want to do is just, uh, like I said, take several weeks, talk to you about the spiritual realm, the spirit realm, and, uh, uh, you know, make you aware of it if you're not. And, uh, and you know, it's always good to review, even if you've uh, heard uh, the things I'm going to be talking about before. You know, repetition is the seed of learning. It's good to be uh, it's good to re- review and be refreshed on these things because we need to be aware of the spirit realm. Actually, the spirit realm is is more real than the natural realm. Actually, the uh, the natural realm came out of the spirit realm, and uh, and and it's a very interesting study. Much we'll say about it as we go. But what I, what I'm going to do is uh, I want to center in on this study over the next several weeks on on angels. And, and demons. That's where I just feel impressed of the Holy Spirit to, to center our time. Uh, uh, I'm going to say a lot about angels. You know, uh, thank God for the angels. And we, uh, you know, we live here in the United States in a, in a dangerous time with all these shootings and things going on. And, uh, you know, go out to a Fourth of July parade and there's shooters out there, you know, shooters at the mall, shooters at the, at the store, shooters at the, in the church. I mean, it's it's a sad, it's sad it's a sad state of affairs it's dangerous out there but I tell you what thank God for his protection thank God for uh, the angels of God and so we're going to say a lot about that uh, starting next week I believe and uh, and then after that we'll say some things about about demons and the the de- uh, demonic world uh, you need to be aware of that too. And uh, if you're ignorant or unlearned about the the uh, demonic world, uh, then the Bible says the devil can take advantage of you. So that's kind of where we're headed with uh, with our study. But today, what I want to do is just begin uh, by talking about God just a little bit. And, and God is a spirit. And then we're going to talk about man, man, human beings are spirit beings. 
And uh, now I could, I could spend weeks just, I could spend months, years just talking about God. And then I could spend a long time talking about man and, you know, and the, the you know, the, the uh, trichotomy of man, spirit, soul, and body. Not, not going to do that. Going to center in on angels and demons. But I do want to pick up here with this series and say if, just a few things briefly about, about God and then about uh, human beings and then next week move to angels. But notice if you would in your Bible in John the fourth chapter and the 24th verse, John the fourth chapter and the 24th verse in the Amplified Classic Version the Bible says God is a spirit, a spiritual being. Now, you need to realize God is a spirit. He is a spirit being. Now, again, I could talk, teach about God, the, the Trinity, the Father, Son, Holy Spirit for a long time. Not, not going to do that. But God, God is a triune being, one God, but yet he's manifested himself in three distinct persons, now, I didn't say personalities. I said three distinct persons. Uh, yet one God, three distinct persons, three in one. Now, I can't explain that. I can't understand the Trinity to understand that. You'd, under, you'd understand God and we're never going to be able to figure him out. I tell you what, he is something else. But God the Father is a spirit being. And Jesus, now, prior to his virgin birth, he uh, coexisted with uh, the Father, and uh, uh, of course, uh, a spirit being, absolutely. But he, he took on, the Bible says in the book of Hebrews that a body was prepared for him, and he took on human form, and he was born of the Virgin Mary. And you think about that, the second member of the Trinity, Almighty God, we know him as Jesus. Uh, uh, you know, he, he is known as the Word of God, the Bible says in the book of John, the gospel of John, that the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. So, so the second member of the Trinity is spirit being, co-equal with, with God the Father and God the Holy Spirit. But, the, uh, but he took on human form and uh, uh, became a man. And, and you just think about that. Jesus, the second member of the Trinity, will forever be in the physical body that God prepared for him, now resurrected, seated at the right hand of God the Father. But you think about that. What an awesome thing he did for us to become a man and so forth and so on. And then, of course, but, but the point is he was a, he, he, he is a spirit, he's a spiritual being, all right? He took on human form. I could talk about that for hours. That's not the focus of this study. But then, then you have the Holy Spirit. And of course, right there, just think about that, the Holy Spirit, okay? And uh, he is a spirit. Uh, spiritual being, okay? And so you have God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, the Holy Trinity. But the thing you need to realize is that God is a spirit. He is a spiritual being. And, you know, like I said, I could talk for a long time about, about him. He, you know, he's everywhere at the same time. He's omnipresent. He's everywhere at the same time. You know, he's the only one that can be everywhere at the same time. You ever think about that? I mean, it's, fa it's fascinating. It's fascinating. Um, uh, it's interesting. I'll just say this. When Jesus, when the second member of the Trinity became a man and was here on the earth, now operated in the earth during his earthly ministry as a man, though yet 100% God, 100% man also. When he was here on the earth, did you know he could only be one place at one time? Did you know that? Absolutely. <laughs> he, he limited himself to humanity. 
Uh, he said it'd be better for me to his disciples. He said it'd be better if I go away and send the Holy Spirit, which he did after he was raised from the dead. And the Holy Spirit is here now and he can be everywhere at once. And that's really, really cool, I think. Uh, so so uh, God is everywhere at the same time. Now, now, of course, let me make it clear. Now that Jesus is resurrected in his resurrection body, he can be everywhere at the same time now, now that he's in his glorified body. But when he was here on the earth, he limited himself. But the point is, God is a spirit being. He can be everywhere at the same time. Did you know the devil can't be everywhere at the same time? Absolutely not. You know, demons can't be everywhere at the same time. Did you know angels can't be everywhere at the same time? But only God can be everywhere at the same time. But he is a spirit being. Much we could say about it, but uh, I think it's fascinating to realize that. He is a spiritual being. Uh, you know, and it's interesting too. You know, uh, if you think about uh, God, because a lot of times people have this, uh, woo, you know, uh, Hollywood uh, impression of God and, and what he's like, but you know, we understand that, that the second member of the Trinity uh, became a man, Jesus. We know him as Jesus, you know, and uh, he is Jesus, the Lord. But do you know that the, the Heavenly Father, did you know if you study into him that you'll see, though he is a spirit being, did you know that it, you say, well, wonder what he looks like? Well, I don't know what he looks like. You know, the Bible says no man seen God, uh, the Father, at any time. You understand that. But if you study into him a little bit, did you know that, that if, if you want to know what he looks like, he looks like a man. You know how I know that? Because the Bible said that we were created, mankind was created in his likeness and in his image. And so uh, so to see Almighty God, you know, I'm talking about the Father now. We understand Jesus took on human form, but even even the Heavenly Father, he, if you were to see him, if you were to see him, he'd look like a man. You look in the, in the Old Testament, you can see that he has eyes. His eyes run to and fro, seeking whom he may sh show himself strong to. He's got, he's got nostrils, the Bible says he's got nostrils. You know, uh, he, he's got ears, he can hear. He's got a, he's got a backward part. He, the Bible says he has, has a hand. The hand of the Lord was upon folk. He has a finger. The finger of God wrote, wrote the Ten Commandments. So he, he's a man. You understand that looks like a man, looks would have the form of a man. And, and of course, mankind was created in his image. So that's how we would know God. The father would, if you were to see him, he'd have the, the shape, the form of a man. Yet he is a spirit being. And uh, uh, Jesus now uh, in, in that glorified spiritual uh, body. And then, of course, the Holy Spirit, as I said, just, just think about his name, the Holy Spirit. So God is a spirit. And it's interesting in First Timothy, the first chapter, 17th verse, look at that with me. First Timothy 1 17 says, now to the king eternal, and this is talking about God, and uh, to the king eternal, immortal, immortal, Aren't you glad God can't die? I mean, he, 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 I mean, he can't. He's immortal. Absolutely. Now, Jesus died on the cross. Absolutely. But he, when he died on the cross, he died as a, as a man, you see. He, he, and we could talk for hours about that. But you think about God immortal. He, he's forever. He, he, he's, he has no beginning. He has no ending. The Bible says to the king, immortal. I like that. Uh, he's never going to die. I like that. Invi now, but this is what I want to get at. Invisible. Invisible to the King eternal. Now he's eternal. God, the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, eternal, immortal, invisible. Underline that in your Bible to God who alone is wise, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Now invisible. Underline that. Highlight that. God is a spirit being and he's invisible. That means we can't see him unless he wants us. <laughs> Unless he allows us to see over in the spirit realm. Now, the Bible says no man has seen God. I mean, no, 
don't misunderstand me. <laughs> you look on him, you be consumed. I mean, that's a, he, he, I mean, he's power. I mean, but the point is he's invisible. We can't see him. But you know, just because you can't see something doesn't mean it's not there. And that's what I think trips up a whole lot of people, including Christians, is we get so, we're so, uh, 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 cognizant of this, this physical material realm. And, and you can't see, you can't, you can't see the spiritual realm unless God allows you to. And, uh, and I don't have this in my notes, but in, in, in the book of 1 Corinthians, the Bible talks about the discerning of spirits. And if God were to give you, uh, allow you to, to operate in that gift of, of discerning of spirits, it's possible you could see over in the spirit realm and, uh, and, and, and you could, you could, well, think about those prophets in the Old Testament. Some of them saw the throne of God and they, they, they saw God sitting upon, upon the throne, you know, and, and much we could say uh, about that. But, uh, but, but unless God was to allow you to see over in the spirit realm, you can't see, you can't see it with your natural eyes. And so it's invisible. And uh, because something's invisible, a lot of people think it's not there. And so that's what trips a lot of folk up. That just because you can't see the spirit realm, they don't think it's there. They don't think it exists. They don't think there is any such thing. But nothing could be any further from the truth. The spirit realm is very, very real. As I said at the beginning, it's actually more real than the natural realm. Uh, and again, remember uh, in the book of Genesis, uh, you know, God said when he created uh, the heavens and the earth and all of that and, and so forth, much we could say about that too. But as God uh, uh, created this this natural realm, he, he did it with his word. And his, the Bible says his, his word is spirit. He spoke forth, God said, and it was so. God said, and it was so. God said, and it was so. And so the natural realm came forth from the spiritual realm. But but you see, the spiritual realm is really more real than the natural realm. But, 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 but uh, us over here in the natural realm, we can't see the spirit realm so we think it's not there but that's why i'm teaching on this to make you cognizant that the spiritual realm is real it really is god is real even though you can't see him he's there he is there he's right there where you're at he's everywhere at the same time the bible says he's invisible but even though he's invisible you you can't see him but he is there absolutely now look at this in colossians the first chapter colossians the first chapter in the 15th verse says he, Jesus, now this is uh, talking about the Lord, is the image of the invisible God. He's the image of the invisible God. Absolutely. Jesus took on human form so God, you know, God could relate to us and we could relate to uh, we could relate to him, actually. That's a better way to say it. Jesus took on human form so we could relate right to, relate to God, you see, through him, you see. And uh, much I could say about it, but Jesus is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. And, and there again, the Bible says God is invisible. But just because you can't see him doesn't mean he's not there, okay? And I mean, be aware of it. Just be aware that the spirit realm is very real. And, and God is a spirit. And as we'll see, you know, we'll get into it. Angels are spirit beings. Angels are right there where you're at. We'll, we'll teach you about that as we go. And there are demon, demons that are lurking out there, you know. Thank God we've got authority over them in the name of Jesus. Much we'll say about it as we go. But right here it says that God is invisible. And, uh, we can't, we can't see him. But just cause, like I said, just cause you can't see him doesn't mean he's not there. And, uh, but uh, this is talking about Jesus, who is the image 
of the invisible God. And again, Jesus took on human form so that we could re, re, relate to God. And, and like I said, I could talk much about that. But the point I'm trying to make here is God's invisible. But just because you can't see him, I'm going to say it again, repetition's the seed of learning. Just because you can't see him doesn't mean he's not there. Okay, and then it goes on in verse 16, for by him all things were created. This is, you know, Jesus created all things. Did you know that? Absolutely he did. And uh, uh, the second member of the Trinity, he created all things. He sure did. And the Bible's telling us so right here. For by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth. Now watch this, visible and invisible. Now underline that, visible and invisible. So there's, there's, the, the, the visible things is the natural realm. And we're aware of that. We're all aware of that. The natural realm, but also and invisible. So it says that he created all things that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible. And again, the visible would be the natural realm. The invisible would be the spirit realm. I mean, that, that, those two words kind of, I'm glad they, they're, they're set there just like that because what this is saying is there's a natural realm and there's a spirit realm. And, and like I said, so many, most, well, everybody is aware of the natural realm, but so many are not aware of the invisible spiritual realm. That's why I'm teaching on this. So notice again, for by him, all things were created that are in heaven and that are on the earth, visible and invisible, whether, not just, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through him and for him. Now that's talking about Jesus, but notice here, thrones or dominions or principalities and powers. That's talking about an, the angelic, uh, uh, the angelic, uh, the, uh, the world of angels, angels, we'll put it that way, and demons, a, a, a demonic power, absolutely. Uh, the holy angels, the fallen angels, demons, that's what that's talking about. God, the Lord Jesus Christ created them all. And, uh, and we'll see, now he didn't create the devil as the devil. And we'll see that as we go. Uh, the devil became, uh, see God, the Lord Jesus created uh, uh, he didn't create the devil as a devil. He created him as a, as a holy angel named Lucifer. And uh, iniquity was found in him. He became evil. Much we'll say about it, and I'll talk about it at great length as we go. But uh, so don't, don't ever make the mistake to think that God created the devil the way the devil is now because he didn't. But nonetheless, God created the, the, uh, uh, the invisible realm, the visible realm, he did it. The Lord Jesus did it. But just be aware, there's a natural realm, which we all, we all get that, but there's a spirit realm, okay? And uh, turn to Second Kings, the sixth chapter. This is a very famous uh, story in the Bible, and but I want to go over it with you because it illustrates the point here. Second Kings, the sixth chapter. Second Kings in the Old Testament, the sixth chapter. And we'll read verses 15, 16, and 17. Elisha, who is a prophet of God, he, he had a, a servant with him. And uh, uh, they were surrounded by the enemy. And, uh, and notice here, verse 15, And when the servant of the man of God, the servant of Elisha, arose early and went out, there was an army surrounding the city with horses and chariots. And his servant said to him, Alas, my master, what shall we do? They're in trouble. They're surrounded by an evil army. So he answered, the man of God answered and said, do not fear for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Now that's good to remember. Don't ever forget that. Don't ever forget that. I'm getting a little ahead of myself here, but you know, when, when we get to studying about angels, we'll see that, that God created all the angels at once, 
but because of, of what Lucifer did, who became Satan, he drew a third of the angels, and they became fallen and, and, and evil. But I tell you what, there's two-thirds of them that didn't uh, fall. So, so the good guys outnumber the bad guys. And that's good for us. It really is. And, uh, but, but the man of God said, don't fear. For those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Now, of course, there's just as far as we know, there's Eli- Elisha and his servant. I don't know that they had any other helpers with them. I don't know. But we know there was Elisha and his servant. But they're surrounded. I mean, they're surrounded by the enemy. And the odds were against them. But you see, now here's the deal. Elisha's servant was just aware of the natural realm. Like so many Christians, he was just aware of the natural realm. And looking at this situation in the natural, it it doesn't look good for Elisha and his servant. But Elisha, who was a seasoned man of God, he was aware of the spiritual realm. We should all be aware of the spiritual realm. And, And looking at this situation in the natural realm, they're in trouble. But if you look at it from the spiritual perspective... I tell you what, Elisha said, he said, those that be with us, he said, don't, don't be afraid. Those that be with us are more than those that be with the enemy. <laughs> Absolutely. And you know what? I, I just think that, you know, there, there's some people out there listening to this. You need to, you need to, you need to catch a hold of something here. You know, you're looking, maybe you're in the middle of a difficult situation. Maybe you feel like you're surrounded. You're surrounded by sickness and disease, maybe surrounded by debt, maybe D-E-B-T, debt, surrounded by, you know, whatever terrible thing that might be surrounding you. And you've been looking at everything from the natural perspective and things don't look good for you. And, and if you just look at it from the natural, it isn't good. But, hey, good news, start looking at things from the a spiritual realm, spiritual perspective, and realize that God's there with you, and and the angels are there, and 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 those that be for you are more than those that be against you. Okay, and and so that ought to cheer you up just a little bit. And uh, he said, "Don't fear; those that are with us are more than those that be with them." See, Elisha was looking at it from the spiritual perspective. Elijah, uh, Elisha was looking at it from the spiritual perspective. His servant. Was I think his name was uh, was probably Gehazi. He was looking at it from the natural realm. Looking at it from the natural realm, you can get discouraged real quick and rightly so. But look at it from the spiritual perspective. And then notice here in verse 17, Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. Now he wasn't, uh, uh, you know, was he talking about his natural eyes, his spiritual eyes? I don't know. You can make argument there. But whatever, you know, he said, open his eyes, let him see. And, and, uh, uh, and, and the discerning of spirits went into operation. Again, that's found in, in the book of First Corinthians. And his servant, notice what happened when the prophet prayed that. Then the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. Now you think about that, angelic, an angelic army. Glory to God. Boy, I tell you what, that stands a hair up on the back of my neck. Whew, I feel the boldness of God. Whew. I tell you, they were surrounded by, I mean, uh, angels of God. Do you know there's warring angels? Absolutely. You know, there's, there's angels that there's angelic choirs. Did you know that? Angelic choirs. Absolutely. One of them showed up there when Jesus was born in Bethlehem. <laughs> but there's, I tell you what, 
There's, there, there's warring angels. There's an army of angels. Glory to God. And Michael is the head of, head of that. Michael, the archangel, he's the head of the, uh, of the, the war department of heaven. I tell you what. And, uh, and, and, and so he said, oh, he said, open this young man's eyes. He's looking at this from the natural realm. Uh, Lord, open his eyes that he may see. And God opened his eyes and the discerning of spirits went into operation. And, and, and what he did, he saw and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots and fire. Oh my gosh. And, and long story short, you can read the, the rest of it. But, uh, but, but they, 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 I tell you what, they got out of that bad situation and, and, and the enemy army, I believe they were struck with blindness and, and, and Elisha and his servant led them back, I think back into the enemy, out to the back back to their headquarters or whatever and then it says that the that those people didn't mess with Elisha to serve it anymore after that I mean praise God forevermore but but you see they got out of a tough situation because they were cognizant of the spiritual realm I tell you what I, I, I think we can get out of some tough situations if we just be cognizant that the, the we're going to teach you that there's things you can do to have the angels. Absolutely, there's things you can do. There are things you can do. I'm getting way ahead of myself, but there's things you can do. Uh, give me a little teaser for weeks to come. There's things you can do to put yourself in a position where where the angels would be more active. Uh, for you, if there's if there's certain things you can do, absolutely, so that the angels be more active for you. I mean, you need to you, you need to know what I have to say here in the next few weeks. If you're going to go out, go, go out of your house. I mean, it's dangerous out there, like I already said. And so, uh, so, so come back next week and the weeks following, and I think it'll you learn some things that'll help you keep you safer. But praise God. But you see here, you have a perfect, perfect example here uh, of the natural realm. Elisha and his servant in the natural realm. Uh, the servant was not cognizant of the spirit realm, but the prophet of God was. And uh, and then the young, <laughs> the young man was able to see, hey, there are there are more out there with us than be with the enemy. Praise God. And it's no different today than it was then. Glory to God. There, those that be for us are more than those that be against us. Uh, so let's be cognizant of the spiritual realm. Now, notice here uh, in Hebrews, the 12th chapter and the ninth verse, Hebrews, the 12th chapter and the ninth verse. Furthermore, we have had human fathers who corrected us and we paid them respect. Shall we not much more be readily in subjection to the father of spirits and live the father of spirits? Now, it's interesting. Uh, God is the father of spirits. And, and we're going to see here in just a moment. That mankind, mankind, you, talking to you and me, we are really spiritual beings. We're spirits. We possess souls. We live in physical bodies. And so, uh, but God is the father of all spirits. All, 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 all the spirits came forth from him. He's the creator. And that's, and that's what that's saying. And so, uh, we need to be aware of that. God is a spirit being and he's the father of spirits. And, uh, and, and, and so uh, I just thought that was an interesting verse to read and we need to be aware of it because from God, you know, came, came mankind. He created mankind. He also created the angels and, and, uh, uh, and, and, and so forth. And, and he created the, he created the fallen angels too, but he didn't create them in that state. They became that way. We'll talk more about that as we go, but just remember God is the father of spirits. God is a spirit. He's the father of spirits. I'm trying to make you aware and cognizant of the spiritual realm. Now, notice this in Genesis, the second chapter in the seventh verse, Genesis 2, 7. Let's talk about human beings here for just a moment. 
And the Bible says that the Lord formed man of the dust of the ground. So God formed man. He, no doubt he took his hand somehow or another. He did it. And he formed man out of the dust of the ground. Now you think about that. You think about the human body. The psalmist said we're fearfully and wonderfully made. And you think about all the workings of the physical body and how everything works and scientists and medical people, they know a lot about how it works, but they don't even understand everything of how it works, even to this present hour. But I tell you what, that would have been, I mean, it would have been something. I mean, you know, it would have been something to be there when God was putting Adam's body together. I mean, wouldn't that have been something to be there and watch that? I mean, I mean, you think about that. <laughs> anyway, only God could do that. Only God could do that. And he formed man, Adam. He formed him of the dust of the ground. And there he is, a lifeless being uh, formed from the dust of the ground. And then notice, and then God breathed into his nostrils, into man's nostrils, breathed into him the breath of life. And man became a living being. But it wasn't until God breathed in. See, God is the father of spirits. And God breathed. He breathed. He breathed into Adam the breath of life. And Adam became a living being. Now, with that said, go to James 2, verse 26. Go to James uh, chapter 2, verse 26 in the New Testament. And the Bible says, for as the body... Without the spirit is dead. The body without the spirit is dead. Now you think about that. Adam, when God formed him, his body is lifeless. There's no life about him at all. He just, just, just that, that physical body. But God breathed into him. Do you know the Bible says that there's, there's two times that this word breathed is used. Two times. Once right here in Genesis 2, 7, and, and God breathed and man was born. And then, of course, we know man sinned and fell and so on and so forth. Jesus came, born of the virgin, died on the cross, shed his holy blood, was buried, third day rose from the dead. And he came in his disciples after he was raised from the dead. And the Bible said that he breathed on them. You know, first time God breathed, man was born and Second time God breathed, man was born again. Isn't it? I mean, that's fascinating. <laughs> that excites me just to think about that. But nonetheless, God formed man. Physical. See, there's that's a physical part. That's a physical part. The physical body. God formed a man of the dust of the ground. But he's he, but he's deader than a doornail. Absolutely. And then God breathed in him. God is the father of spirits. He breathed spirit into him. He did. And Adam became a living being. Glory to God. And the Bible says then in James 2.26 that the body without the spirit is dead. That's what happens when a, when a person dies. Their spirit leaves their body. Their spirit leaves their body. Absolutely. Their spirit leaves their body. That's what happens at the point of death. Spirit leaves the body. And the body's dead. It's just a lifeless shell. But uh, uh, so you see how, how, how we ought to be so cognizant of the spiritual realm. Absolutely, absolutely. Look at 1 Thessalonians 5.23. Look at 1 Thessalonians 5.23. says this, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Spirit, soul, and body. See, man is a triune being. Spirit, soul, and body, and so intertwined and so interconnected. Uh, 
spirit, soul, and body. See, the spirit came in. See, see, in the garden of, uh, in, 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 back in the garden of Eden there, you know, uh, back, you know, back in Genesis uh, 2, 7, God formed man. There's the body. And he breathed into him the spirit and he became a living being. Some translations say he, say he became a living soul. But you see, you need to realize this. Man is a three-part being, spirit, soul, and body. Now, don't get that backwards. A lot of people say body, soul, and spirit. Don't say that. Don't make, just don't say that. Don't say body, soul, and spirit. Say what the Bible says, spirit, soul, and body. Be more cognizant of spiritual things than you are physical things. See, the spirit has to do with spiritual things. The body has to do with natural things. Now, I've heard so many Christians over here, they'll quote that, they'll, they'll try it. They think they're quoting it, and they'll say body, soul, and spirit. Body, soul, and see, always putting the, putting, always thinking of natural things ahead of spiritual things. No, say spirit, soul, and body. Be more cognizant of the spirit, spiritual realm than you are the natural realm. See, man, man, mankind, men and women, boys and girls, we are spirit beings. Absolutely, we are spirit beings. We possess a soul. Okay, that's your mind, your will, and your emotions, and we live in this physical body. You say, well, what, 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 is, what does your spirit look like? I believe, and I think it's pretty clear you study the Bible, you study in the Bible, that, that, that if, if, you were to, if you were able to stand your spirit outside your body, well, your body fall down dead. But if you were able to do it, just humor me for a minute. If you were able to set your spirit outside your body and stand them side by side, I don't think you'd be able to tell the difference between the two. Very, very, I mean, very, very... I, I, now, I can't explain that, but that's, that's, that's what I think. And, and your spirit fits inside your body just like a, a, a hand would fit inside a tailor-made glove. Absolutely. Your spirit, it, it, it fits inside your body. Absolutely. And your soul, I, I believe your soul fits right inside your brain. Your brain and your soul are not the same. Your, your spirit fits inside your body like a hand would fit inside a tailor-made glove. And, and, and in, in that, your soul sits inside your brain. Absolutely, just like a, a hand would fit inside a tailor-made glove. That's where your soul is, inside your brain. But your soul and your brain aren't the same. Well, they're not. The soul sits inside the brain, you see. And, uh, and, and your brain or your soul is comprised of your, your, your mind, your will, and your emotions. And when a, when a person dies, their spirit and their soul leave their body. Now, now let me say this. I feel impressed to say it. Your soul and your spirit aren't the same thing. And I could teach for a long time on that. Maybe I will sometime down the road. But your spirit and your soul aren't the same. But they're intertwined, interconnected. They absolutely are. And your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. And when a, when a person dies, their spirit along with their soul, leaves their body. Absolutely, and the body and the brain just falls down dead. Absolutely the truth. All right, but you see, the Bible talks about spirit, soul, and body. Yet so many people, including Christians, just think of themselves as a body. Just my physical body, my physical body. That's They refer to themselves as they're talking about, you know, when they talk about themselves, they're talking, they're me, they're talking about their, their body, but they're wrong. You're wrong. That's not the way the Bible looks at it. Absolutely. No, you are a spirit being. You are a spirit being. You possess a soul and you live inside that physical body. You've got to be cognizant of that. Yet so many people, including so many Christians, don't get it. But the, that's what the Bible teaches. Look at 2 Corinthians 4.16. 2 Corinthians 4.16. Therefore, 
We, it says, we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. See, the Bible talks about an outward man and an inward man. An outward man and an inward man. The outward man is your physical body. Your inward man is your spirit, your spirit being, you see. The real you, absolutely. And, uh, and, and so you need to, need to realize that. And uh, our outward man is perishing. We're growing old. You know, but you know what? Uh, I believe we can grow old gracefully. I do. I believe we can grow. We can there. The Bible says there's things you can do to, to, so that your youth will be renewed like the eagles and you can age gracefully. Praise God. And oh, I could get off and teach on that for a while. But let me stay on the subject here. So don't lose heart. Even though your outward man might be perishing, your inward man is being renewed day by day. And the way you do that is you stay in the word of God every day a little bit. Praise God our whole lot. And you'll see your inward man be renewed and so forth. But the point is there's an outward man, an inward man. Be, be, you know, I just keep saying this because I've seen it so over the years. So many, so cognizant of the other, their outward, their outward, uh, their body. But be cognizant. You are a spirit. You possess a soul and you live in that physical body. Now, uh, a couple more things here. Uh, go to for second, go to second Corinthians, the uh, uh, 12th chapter. Go to second Corinthians, the 12th chapter. And I just want to, want to, uh, uh, close this up next few minutes talking about just how real the, the spiritual realm is. Because, you know, it, it really, it, it, it's, it's, it's nebulous to so many. And, and I do understand that, that the spirit realm is, is nebulous because, you know, so few of us have ever been able to see over into it, uh, you know, with the discerning of spirits and, and so forth. I've had a few glimpses over the years. Maybe I'll share, share some with you as we go through this study if the, if the Holy Spirit allows me to. But, um, but be that as it may, it, it's, it's so very, very, uh, uh, real, the spiritual realm. And, uh, but, but yet it, it, it's, it's nebulous to so many. And so many have a, you know, a, a, a spooky dooky, uh, thinking of the spiritual realm or Hollywood's version of the spiritual realm. Or think about that old cartoon, Casper the Friendly Ghost, you know, just spirit beings floating around and so forth. It's not like that at all. Believe me, it's not like that at all. The spirit realm is very real. As I've said, the spirit realm is really, actually, it's more real than the natural realm. The Bible says that from the natural perspective, we see through a glass darkly. But I tell you what, your spirit leaves your body. You get outside your body. Things are going to be more real than they've ever been. I'll tell you for sure. Absolutely the truth. But look at 2 Corinthians 12, verse 2, talking about uh, the Apostle Paul. He said, I knew a man in Christ. And most theologians uh, agree that he was talking about himself. I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago, whether in the body, I do not know, or whether out of the body, I do not know. God knows such a one caught up to the third heaven. Now that's up to the throne of God. The first heaven is the atmosphere around the earth. Second heaven is is uh the the planets you know and where captain kirk and and uh picard and those guys i'm joking with you but it's where the 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 planets are and the third heaven is over on the far sides of the north you know and it's it's where it's over in the spirit realm third heaven's over in the spirit realm first the first heaven is a natural realm second heaven is a natural realm first heaven is the atmosphere around there second heaven has to do with the planets the stars and all that but the third heaven you move over in the spirit realm over in the far sides of the north there's a place in the far sides of the north where the telescopes of the scientists cannot probe that's where the throne of god is that's where heaven is i'm convinced of it and i'll tell you for 
sure. Glory to God. It's, it just is real. And it's a spiritual realm. And Paul, at most uh, scholars believe he's talking about himself here. He was caught up in, into the third heaven, up to where the throne of God is. Absolutely. And it's interesting. He said, whether in the body I don't know or out of the body I don't know. It was that real to him. It was so real to him. He didn't know whether he was in the body or not. He didn't know whether he was in his body or not. Uh, and, and, and I, 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 I know just a little bit of what he's talking about. I may, may share an experience that I had one time, but be that as it may, not like he had, but anyway, it, whether in the body or out of the body, I, I know a little bit of what he's talking about. You can't tell. You don't know. I mean, but why? Because spiritual things are just as real and more real as natural things. It's not nebulous. Uh, I tell you what, the spiritual realm, but I'll tell you what, the spiritual realm is much like the natural realm. Absolutely the truth. You go to heaven, I, I think we can prove from the Bible, heaven is really, it's a spirit, it's, 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 it's like a planet. I mean, and it's beautiful up there. I mean, and I, a lot of gold in heaven. <laughs> oh my goodness. I mean, in the, and, and, and the music of heaven. Oh my goodness. You've not, I, glory to God. The music, you get, you, you get a glimpse of just, just the, 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 power of God that sits on the worship of the saints of God in heaven. And I'll tell you what, you get just a glimpse of that. You won't want to come back here to the earth ever again. I mean, whoo, my goodness, what, um, maybe I'll share some more experience I had along those lines if the Lord lets me as we move on in this, in this series. But he couldn't tell. Paul couldn't tell if he, if uh, he was in his body or not. He, he, he couldn't tell. He, he's up in the third heaven. He's up in where the throne of God is. And uh, he, he didn't know if he was in his body or not. That's how real spiritual things are. And in verse 3, And I know such a man, whether in the body or out of the body, I don't know. God knows how he was caught up into paradise and heard inexpressible words, which is not lawful for a man to utter. Now, why did I read that? Just to show you that Paul, and, and I think this probably happened when he was beat almost to death or to death. Well, not almost. He died, actually. I think it was outside Lystra or in Lystra, and they drug him outside of the city, left for dead. The disciples came, gathered around and prayed, rose him up from the dead and so forth. I believe that's when this uh, likely happened. Not 100% sure, but nonetheless, he was caught up to the third heaven, and he didn't know whether he was in his body or out of his body. That's how real... That's like I said, you stand your spirit body right next to your natural body. You, you, you got to have a hard time telling them apart. Much, much I could say about it, but nonetheless... Uh, let's close in Luke, the 16th chapter. Paul, Paul didn't know if he was in his body or not. Uh, glory to God. He was caught up. He was caught up. How, 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 how long does it take to get to heaven that fast? You get over in the spirit realm. I tell you, you move at the speed of light and even faster than that. And you get to heaven so fast. Uh, anyway, let's, I don't want to get off and talk too much about that. Let's go to Luke 16. I'll close this up for today. Talking about the rich man and Lazarus because it illustrates a natural realm and the spirit realm, as well as anything I've seen in the Bible. And notice it says in Luke 16, verse 19, our Lord and Savior Jesus, he gave this story. It's not a parable. It's a story, a true story, because he's, he uses actual names. He uses a name in here. And, uh, and, and it's an actual story that really happened, not a parable. But it says there was a certain rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain, see, a certain beggar named Lazarus. He had... See, he's talking about a certain person here now named Lazarus, full of sores, who was laid at his gate, desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. So there they are in the, in the earth. The rich man living in his mansion and the 
beggar Lazarus down at the gate full of sores, wanting just desiring to be fed from the crumbs from the rich man's table, the dogs licking his sores, and, and they're, in, they're in their bodies in the natural realm, just like you and I live here on the earth. And uh, all Lazarus wanted was the crumbs off the rich man's table. But notice now, pay attention, verse 22. So it was that the beggar died. Now watch this, the beggar died. Now, he was carried by the angels to Abraham's bosom. Now, what happens to a Christian when they die? Now, there's no question about it. Because he went to Abraham... And look, in the Old Testament, in the Old Testament, okay, before the, the, the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, in the Old Testament... When anybody died, from Adam all the way down to the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, when anybody died, their spirit went down. Their spirit left their body. Their body was buried on the earth. Their spirit went down. If they were saved, how would you get saved in the Old Testament? Same way you get saved in the New, by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. You get saved in the Old Testament by looking forward to the cross and the coming Messiah. You get saved here in the New, New Testament by looking backward to the cross and placing your faith in Jesus, you see. And nonetheless... Uh, but in the Old Testament, when uh, when anyone died, their spirit left their body. Their bodies were buried. Their spirits went down, 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 down. And if they were saved, if they were, were saints and had faith in the coming Messiah, Jesus, they would go into a place known as Abraham's bosom or a paradise, a place of comfort, which we're, we're talking about here. All right. And then there was a great gulf fixed. And on the other side of that, those who were not believers... Those who didn't believe on on the coming Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ, they went into a place called, known as Hades or Hell, a place of torment. When Jesus was raised from the dead, he shut down, he didn't shut hell down, that's still up and running right now even as I speak, but he shut down Abraham's bosom or paradise. The Bible says in the book of Ephesians, he led captivity captive and he, he, he moved that or translated that place and, and all the spirits of the people who had died from Adam and Eve all the way down to the time Jesus was raised from the dead. He, he relocated them up, 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 up to heaven. See, heaven's up, hell's down. But see, now when a Christian dies, Christian, somebody that's really placed their faith in Jesus, when a Christian dies, their spirit leaves their body, bodies, uh, angels are there and takes them to heaven. Glory to God. But now if you're not saved, you don't know Jesus, you die, whether you're in the Old Testament or the New, down you go into a place of darkness and fire and, and torment. Don't go there. Dumbest thing ever, anybody ever did is go to hell. Don't go to hell. Receive Jesus and live for him. And you never have to go to that place. But notice this rich man, he, uh, well, well, there's a rich man and then there's Lazarus. Now look here, the beggar Lazarus died. He was a believer. How do I know that? Because he was carried by the angels. See the angels. We'll talk more about them as we go to Abraham's bosom. At this time, it was in the inner workings of the earth. Now, the Bible says the rich man also died and was buried. Now, we're talking about the spiritual realm, the natural realm. Notice this rich man's body was buried. He's dead, but his body's buried. Now, watch this. And being in torments in hell or in Hades or in hell. Now, I mean, this illustrates everything I've been talking about here today so well. This rich man, now Lazarus died, his body's on the earth, buried, no doubt. They might have thrown his body in the garbage dump. I don't know, he was a beggar. But his spirit was carried by the angels to Abraham's bosom, paradise. Isn't that wonderful? The rich man died. He had, a, no doubt, a wonderful burial, but, I mean, his body's probably, you know, was embalmed and entombed and all of that. 
but look where his spirit is. His body's on earth, but his spirit went down into hell and being in torments in hell, he lift up his eyes. Now his spirit's talking about his spirit being now has eyes and saw. He was able to see Abraham afar off. Now this is Abraham. They were not contemporaries. Abraham no doubt lived many years before this rich man. You see, will we know people when we die and go to heaven or hell? Absolutely. Absolutely you will. You'll know people that you lived on the earth with and you'll, you'll know people that you didn't. Absolutely. This guy knew Abraham, saw him afar off. And Lazarus, he saw Lazarus in his bosom, in Abraham's bosom. And by the way, the rich man didn't go to hell because he was rich. He went to hell because he didn't receive Jesus. We'll see that as we go. Now, Abraham was one of the richest men that ever lived. But he's not in hell. He's in uh, uh, this place of comfort. You know why? Because he had faith in the coming Savior, Jesus. But this rich man didn't. I, no doubt he was distracted by money. The Lord Jesus said it's hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. Didn't say it was impossible, said it's hard. You know why? Because it's so easy for money to distract you. You know, money is one of the most distracting things there is. Whether you don't have a penny or whether you got millions, it'll distract you. It really, really will. And it distracts so many and, and, and they, they, they got their eyes on their money instead of on, on, on eternity in the Lord Jesus, you see. And they die and they, without receiving Jesus and they go to hell. Isn't it sad? But being in torments in hell, now this guy's body's on the earth, buried, but this rich man, he's in hell. He lifts up his eyes. He sees Abraham far off, Lazarus in his bosom. You know, no question, this, this rich man, I, I guarantee it to you, he didn't know whether he was in his body or not. That's how real spiritual things are. And he cried. See, you can cry. His spirit cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger. See, finger. Dip the tip. See, Lazarus, is he's, he's dead too. He's over in the spirit. His body's on the earth, buried, probably in a garbage heap somewhere. But his spirit's over in Abraham's bosom. His, his, spirit, his spirit being, and he's got a finger, tip finger, tip of the finger. There's water in the spiritual realm. Did you know that? Absolutely. The Bible talks in heaven about the water, the, the, the living waters, you know. But you know, in hell, the Bible calls hell the waterless pit. There's no water in hell. Absolutely not. A lot of, I heard one guy say one time, well, I'm going to die, go to hell, and just be down there with all my drinking buddies. There ain't no alcohol in hell. You're not going to be with your buddies. You'll be quarantined off in a place of darkness and fire. My, 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 my. You don't want to go there. And uh, Lazarus, send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue. See, you had a tongue. You're able, did you notice the rich man's crying out? You're able to speak in the spirit realm. Absolutely. And cool my tongue. Cool. Why? Because I'm tormented in this flame. You see, the spiritual body is just like the natural body. The spiritual body has a tongue. It can cry out. There's eyes. He could see. He could hear. Absolutely. But Abraham said, son, remember in your lifetime you received good things and likewise Lazarus evil things. Now he's comforted. You're tormented. And besides all this, between us and you, there's a great gulf fixed so that those who would pass from here to you cannot, nor those from there, can, they can pass to us. Then he said, I beg you, therefore, father, that you would send, send him, send Lazarus to my father's house. For I have five brothers that he may testify them lest they also come to this place of torment. Now here's a man 
this rich man who didn't have time for God when he was on the earth. And now he's in hell and now he wants to become a soul winner. I preached a message one time, a soul winner in hell. I tell you what, this guy didn't have time, like I said, for God in his life, but he wasn't in hell very long. And all of a sudden now he wants to be a soul winner. He doesn't want anybody to come. to That's how bad it is. Think about that. He, he didn't want anybody to come to that place of torment. He said, send Lazarus back, send him back to the earth and tell my five brothers let, let him testify to them, lest they also come to this place of torment. It's so bad. It's a terrible place. It's a horrible place. And he didn't want his brothers or anybody else to go there. And Abraham said to him, verse 29, they have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. And he said, now, now who did Moses and the prophets preach? They preached Jesus. Absolutely. At, Jesus said so himself. That the Moses and the prophets and the Psalms, they preach about Jesus. And, 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 and the, Abraham said, they have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. And he said, no, Father Abraham, but if one goes to them from the dead, they will repent. But he said to him, oh, truer words were never spoken. If they do not hear Moses and the prophets... Neither will they be persuaded, though one rise from the dead. And that is true. Absolutely the truth. Take it from me. Um, if they won't hear Moses and if they won't hear the Bible, they're not going to be persuaded, though even though, though one was even raised from the dead. I had a lady one time come to me as I was greeting at the door. She said, snap your fingers right now after the service. I'm greeting at the door. Did that for years. And uh, she comes up and she was an unbeliever. She said, snap your fingers right now, preacher. And lightning, if lightning hits in that parking lot, she said, I'll believe. And I said, no, you won't. I said, you'll explain it away just like you've explained everything else away. I said, you've got the Bible. you got Moses and the prophets. Hear them. If you won't hear them, you wouldn't be persuaded if lightning struck or somebody rose, rose up from the dead. And it's the truth. And I've learned that over the years. But I tell you what, my goodness gracious. He, but you see this, this, he was in hell. is a terrible place. But, but his, his spirit was there. And it, he, just as real as if he'd have been in, in a fire pit here on the earth. I mean, just, and worse than that. Real. The spiritual realm's real, dear friends. Spiritual realm's real. Paul was caught up to heaven. Thank God. And I like to talk more about heaven than, than I do hell. But I tell you, hell's real. And, uh, but thank God, uh, uh, <laughs> that, that uh, we can go into the Bible and learn about the spiritual realm. And uh, thank God that Lazarus, he went, to, he, went into, he went into paradise. It's sad for this rich man. Money distracted him. He's been there now for over 2,000 years, burning, 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 and he's just waiting. And he'll only be let out of that place for a short time when he stands before the great white throne and he'll be judged according to his works and sentenced to a worse fate, the lake of fire, which is worse than this. My goodness gracious. Sad. Distracted by his money. But what, why did I go through all of this? It was to show you that the spirit realm is real. It's real on the good side, real on the bad side. Paul, went, he went up to heaven. Glory to God. Whoo, I mean, you see that, you won't want to come back here. Take it from me. But I tell you what, this other side is just as real and, and as good as heaven is, that's how bad hell is. But the point is, the spirit realm is real. Hope you got something out of this today. I got a little stirred up here today. I haven't preached for four weeks, so I'm a little wound up. <laughs> and so anyway, glory to God. Thanks for joining me today. Hey, if you're out there and you don't know Jesus as your Savior, hey, don't be like this rich man. Don't let anything distract you. Repent of your sins right now. 
Receive Jesus as your Savior and mean it and serve Him the rest of your life. And one day when you die, your spirit will leave your body. And if you know Jesus as your Savior, you won't go down to where that rich man is, but you'll go up and you'll get to be with the Lord. So receive Jesus today. You'll be glad you did and He'll make your life worth living in the meantime. Well, I'm stirred up and I'll see you back here next week and we'll pick up and we'll talk about angels. Glory to God. See you then. Bye-bye.